mother is bleeding. At least I have a husband, you know. Does anybody here believe it? Okay, so we are back with episode 19, so mm-hmm. this makes it the Josie episode. 19 and counting. So now we're into kids you've never met, but I don't think it makes much difference because you can't tell anyway. They're all the same anyway. Like last week, he didn't realize he had just watched the birth of Jordan. Um, we don't watch the episode together, but I walked <coughs> in on him watching it today, and Jessa was on the screen, and I'm like, Jessa, Jessa, because I, I it's... Very clear to me now that he confuses it. He thinks Jess says ginger. So everything snarky that's ever said or every face, he thinks it's ginger. And I'm like, no, sometimes that's Jessa. They're all the same. So, um, yeah. So anyways, Josie, Josie, uh, you haven't met her yet. She will be a big topic in the seasons to come. I'm just going to slowly start inserting J names when I'm describing what child did things just to see how much her eye twitches. Yeah. And I'll be like, wait, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I'll feel like you for a second. I'll be like, shit, shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, just to give a little disclaimer, Tim is a bit under the weather. I'm really under the weather. And uh, so he has a lozenge. So hopefully you don't hear too much sounds of lozenging. My voice isn't just deep and sexy because I'm a, a like a R&B music fan. It's because he's sick. Mm-hmm. So we're hoping that he can keep the sounds of his lozenging uh, a little bit muted and hoping to keep his constant throat clearing uh, to a minimum. But every time he does, I'll probably like shoot him a look. <laughs> she does anyway. <laughs> um, see, I'm just fucking talking down to you all the goddamn time. We know. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and get started. And this episode is called a very dugger wedding it is Mm -hmm. everything we have been waiting for oh it's a lot it's a lot and because it's a wedding it's a special so it's extra long Mm -hmm. so we have a lot of content to get through um so we might as well get started but first i just wanted to say that this premiered on january 25th of 2009 the wedding was in september premiered in january the decor in the wedding was very of that era too um, and modest, fun, m- modest of that era as well. <laughs> okay, so it starts off with the Duggars arriving in Florida. They drove in the bus <clears throat> all night. Uh, see, he just cleared his throat. Did you hear? Did you guys hear that? Did you? Hear I was it? putting in a lozenge. <laughs> oh, so they drove all night, and they show up, and the, they you know bring the bus straight to the church. And there's just all the preparations are working all around them by all the different church ladies. We see them like elbow deep in crab salad. See them Literally. Putting, yeah. Yeah, they were mixing it in like a giant pan. One had gloves on, one did not. That's true. That's a big uh, thing that people always talk about, like the lady without the gloved hand. So, um, Well, but, let's just hope that she washed her hands. Yes. Um, we see them you know, uh, putting the finishing touches on decor and mm. decorating the cake and all that stuff. Uh, really quickly, though, Tim, I just wanted to point out, did you notice the banner that was hung? Uh, vaguely. 
So there's this giant banner that they have, and it's like it's like it's the fall festival at an elementary school or something. <laughs> yeah. And it says, Congra- "Congratulations, Josh and Anna, and two shall become two one." Two shall become one. Yep. Yes. And they also made the marquee outside. Mm-hmm. So that just like doubles yeah. the elementary school fall festival uh, <laughs> factor for me. So we start out with Josh saying, you know, I just don't need to. And I'm kind of paraphrasing because he said extra bullshit that I just kind of like whittled out. But he says, you know, I just don't need to worry about it. There's people taking care of all the reception details, blah, blah, blah. He says some other stuff. And then Anna's over there ironing shirts. And Mm -hmm. he and he says Anna's he even says it. Anna's over there ironing shirts and I'm playing the piano. And I'm playing the piano. And so it begins. Yep. I was like, this is it. This was, is where it began. Yeah. All these people are doing functional things. For your wedding. Yeah. And you're going to sit your ass on the little piano bench mm-hmm. and just be like, yeah, everybody, you know, I don't have to worry about this. Everybody else has it taken care of. Yep. I'm like, red fucking flag. Like, it is the wedding rehearsal and he's already like, okay, I'm done with the facade. Yep. No more. <laughs> um. So, yeah, he's just sitting there and lets everyone handles it. Got it. Got it. So then Josh is talking about how they're staying pure until their wedding day. Um, maybe on Anna's side of things, but <laughs> we know uh, Josh definitely is not pure. Sorry. And the producer asks, <laughs> I didn't even notice until you said sorry. Now I feel judged so hard. <laughs> I actually didn't even notice. I'm then... just going to pre-apologize for everything. Every single time. <laughs> yep. Um, so the producer asks, you guys seriously haven't kissed? And Anna says, for real. And then Josh comes in with the seriously, seriously, for real, we have not kissed. And then um, he just talks about how they've discussed it. So like logistically that they've kind of discussed their first kiss. And then here we go, you guys. Here we go. Then Boob comes walking in and tells Josh, you know, you're getting ready to get married. And Josh pipes in. I did know that. And Boob continues. I thought it'd be time to have a man-to-man talk with you about the birds and the bees. I want to point one thing out. Go for it. Everything with that man feels forced and fake and staged and fill in the blank. So him walking in already felt contrived because it felt like he was with the camera people being like, I'm going to I'm going to have a real, you know, a heart to heart with my son. You know, will you follow? Make sure you stay about three feet behind me. Like it feels like it was so pre-practiced. And then when he goes to talk to him, they're kind of shooting the shit. You know, you're going to you know, you're going to get married today. And even when when Geppetto makes that comment. Like it, that's still almost derail Lego hair. Yeah. Like because he you know like- that he was like, I've I've. I've written down these statements I want to make and you're and you're making it look like it's not as serious and as monumental as it should be. So it's like you, you can even see him. He interrupted the cue cards in his brain. <laughs> exactly. And you could see him like shift his weight. Yeah. Like uh, even more awkwardly. And then it was it was the pause because he said, you know, I think it's about to have about time to have a heart to heart with you about the birds and the bees like there was this there was <laughs> yeah. this like chasm in the middle of sentence in the middle of the statement and then the way he said bees just so sad to listen to Ugh. 
So then the two of them, they venture off to go find a place to sit and have this chat. And what place do they choose but none <laughs> other than the junior church room? Oh, God. Uh, not lost on us, guys. Not lost. Uh, so Josh is sitter- sitting in like a literal child's chair while Boob is across from him in like an adult chair. It's very interesting. And when there's like other adult chairs in the room, it's like, but uh, Pest decides to grab this little kid's chair. And, you know, Lego hands him up this wrapped gift and it ends, he unwraps it and it ends up being both a book and a CD by Dr. Ed Wheat, which uh, just a little sidestep for a second. That's the doctor that told them when they miscarried to Caleb that it was probably because of being on birth control. So just all the connections, you see them, you know, pop back up. Yeah. So they're both a book and a CD by this Dr. Ed Wheat, and Josh begins to read the back of the CD. The CD is titled Before the Wedding Night, and then Josh is reading it, and it says, Definition of Normal Sexual Intercourse, but TLC bleeps out sexual intercourse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's Definition of Normal, and uh, then it's like bleep bleep. And so then it uh, goes to a talking head of Michelle, and she says, It, it was quite defining uh, of a lot of the things that you need to understand. I, I think really reality is a lot of people don't learn that. In your world, Michelle, people don't learn that because you <laughs> purposely keep them away from that and Correct. keep them as naive as possible. The rest of us don't need a fucking CD on how to fuck the night before our wedding from our parents yeah. at 20 years old. Yeah, that's why at 20 they're having to describe what uh different like different genders mean you know what i mean yeah it's like, like not only in your world michelle by then even if a parent hasn't had this talk so there are plenty of parents who don't have this talk but most mm. people by 20 years old i think they know how sex works <laughs> at one point he said it's like legos oh no we're getting there i'm getting oh, to the whole God. thing <laughs> um so I-, I have the full quotes because sometimes i just think that it's just good for context so um Sorry, I just lost my place. Oh, he talks about how a man needs to cherish his wife and he needs to he needs for him to realize it takes a lot longer for her to get into the mood and stuff after they're married versus a man who is instant on and instant off. But a woman takes time, he says. And then um, it flashes back to because that was in a talking head type yeah. thing. And then it flashes back to him talking to Josh in the junior church <clears throat> And he's showing him the book, and it's staying in love for a lot lifetime. And he talks of how, you know, Dr. Ed Wheat was the one that counseled him and Michelle before marriage, mm-hmm. and then that he really taught them everything they know. So he says, follows it up with, so I, if I give this to you, you know everything we know. <laughs> and then Josh uh, replies, I think I kind of understand how it works, which... Which we know that he he knows, besides molesting, <laughs> where he knows where parts are and things correct, like that. Correct. But it's also well documented at this point that Josh has been watching porn since he was 12. Mm-hmm. So he's been watching porn for at least eight years. He knows how sex works. <laughs> Not that I would ever, ever want to know the real answer, but like at that era, like I would have loved to know, like, what is he looking at? Like, did he go to Google and search porn you know, <laughs> know what i mean like, like was it because i'm sure prawn. he prawn <laughs> they, exactly you know, they're homeschooled so he's like uh what's that prawn everybody's been talking yeah. about <laughs> so then here we go this is what we were talking about we get to lego responding to him with it's kind of like legos 
and yep. they both start to laugh awkwardly. Yes, but you know, to be fair, if anybody knows about Legos, it would be Jim Bob because be that's le- how he, he does his hair every day. Correct. So yep. let's be fair with that. I had a thought about um, if you go take it all the way back, the uh, sex counselor, and you know, kind of all these people that are in their cult. But then they put them forward as like experts in these things. Oh, well, we sent him to a facility. We sent him to rehab. No, you didn't. Yeah. You sent him to a room that had other fundy people that were just holding him until the heat died down. And you you had him do some, build some shit. Right. So (laughs) once you just see this thing over and over again of these people don't have the credentials that you're trying to say they do. Yeah. So when that book says Dr. Wheat, MD. I'm like, at this point, it probably means like ministry director and has nothing to do with him being like a medical (laughs) doctor. Uh, Wouldn't put it past him. He's like, but he's an MD. Yeah, he's an MD. Yeah. (laughs) So then Boob says, he's like flipping through the book. And he says, (laughs) this doesn't have pictures or anything, which is a really fucking weird thing to say, number one. But then Josh starts to like put his hand out as if he's like grabbing for the book. And Mm -hmm. he goes, oh, man. But then very quickly kind of goes, I'm just joking. No, I'm just joking. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Because he like looks and he like grabs. But he's like looking at the camera like while he grabs for it. It's like, you know, he thought he was making like a. Like a ha ha. -ha. But then. um, Oh, what he says next. (laughs) Duh. Josh says, I'll have a working model, right? No pictures necessary. Yep. Gross. Yep. She's more than a working model. Like, she's a fucking person. Mm-hmm. But then Boob just kind of cuts him off. I don't know if you picked up on that. But Boob kind of cuts him off and quickly and loudly says, I think the main thing, Josh, is married life isn't about a physical relationship. And I'll yeah. get into the rest of the quote later. Mm-hmm. But I really took it as like... I felt like that made Boob really uncomfortable, where he yeah. was just like, oh, you know, and yeah. he was like, abort, 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 you know. <laughs> because all of those transgressions by him also look really bad on Lego hair. And at this like, point, nobody knows, but you can tell that Boob is just like, I don't even want to get into it. Like, this is getting too, yep. this was getting too off, far off course. It was too much of a joke for Jim Bob at this mm-hmm. point. You can just tell he was uncomfortable, basically. Yep. Control the narrative. Yeah. So he continues on with, it's about giving 10% to each other. Uh, you know, just kind of that like bullshit. And then he says to you, one of the most important things about life, about life, <laughs> will be having a physical relationship for your wife. The most important things will be to be able to talk and share her heart every day with you. So this but I is... thought they weren't allowed to talk or share their heart. Or... I thought that's not what it was about. See, it's all, you know. You're... Can I go back to something real quick? Sure. One of the things they re-showed the proposal at the be- at the very beginning in the cold open, mm-hmm. and we always talked about how Anna Anna looked like she was out of breath. Oh yeah, she was just. <gasps> I just think it was that she's out of pr- she she doesn't know she doesn't have the experience yet. She was trying to find ways to praise Josh and she couldn't come She's up with anything. She's exasperated because she doesn't know we, we kind of talked about this before. She doesn't understand how to feel feelings so it's like <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, anywho. Alright. <clears throat> so here's where it gets really bad you guys. He says to you some of these things might seem kind of trivial. It may seem like they're not important but to her for her to be able to express it to you and for you to respond that you care about her and that you care about the little things in her life 
this will show her that you love her and you cherish her. And it keeps getting worse. You think that's it? That just keeps getting worse. Okay? It's not even the fucking half of it. I'm sweating. I'm sweating. It's um, hot. You're welcome. We're used to recording at night now. <laughs> and we're recording like in the hottest part of the day. So he says, women speak a different language than men. Women want to tell you all these details of everything that happened, even before they get to the main point. And sometimes, even after they tell you everything that happened, you still don't understand the main point. Women, am I right? And then suddenly, without any real, like, um, transition, he just kind of switches very quickly to, and I pray that you will work and be hard and be a provider for your wife and that you will be sensitive to her and then you know talks about how and is wonderful and they will complement each other well and he says that he thinks it'll be a dynamic marriage i the the wording of dynamic made me wonder obviously you're just saying something to say something but i'm like what does that look like? i know why it's named why he said that oh i have never actually i have to still do it but he and michelle taught a thing in iblp about having a dynamic marriage oh that makes sense so it's like Live when you know brand. that stuff you pick up on the mm. on the little you know little clues okay so mind you boob is saying this all <clears throat> with a completely straight face so he's not even like joking or being condescending, which I'm not by any means saying that that would make it better. It wouldn't make it better. Correct. But I, I'm just saying this is a way to point out the fact that he truly sees this as serious, like good mm. sound advice. Yep. So he, it's like he's basically like, your wife is going to tell you a bunch of trivial shit and just pretend to care. Yeah. And, you know, she'll never really make a point, but just pretend to care. <laughs> and you the emphasis on the little things in her life yeah remember how last week it was be grateful for every little thing Mm -hmm. multiple times and how your problems aren't important to the bigger picture problem you just can't see it beyond yourself and your dishes correct um so yeah i mean it's just insanity it's just like she won't make any sense it'll be Mm -hmm. stupid but just pretend you care And then as I'm just, like, watching this unfold, I can't help but think, like, do you think Michelle feels any kind of anything watching this scene herself? I don't think so. Not anymore. Because it's like he's basically saying he he shows no interest. He's not interested in any fucking thing she ever says to Mm -hmm. him. That's my takeaway. Because his main experience, he didn't date a bunch of people, but his experience with women is Michelle. You know, Michelle had baggage. She had Mm -hmm. other guys. We know. um. His experience. So I'm like, if you're talking about being uninterested, you can't even pretend it's from some prior relationship experience. You're Correct. saying you're not interested in Michelle. Mm-hmm. I find this whole conversation completely disparaging to not only women as a whole, but like specifically Michelle. I find it really fucking disrespectful. Mm-hmm. It just like it just piles onto Lego and how you know. Again, Michelle having baggage. And then when he was out shopping, you know, how it's like it just wears on a guy's nerves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was all that talk about how, oh, women just this and that. And then now he just can't, you know, he can't fucking stand listening to her silly little bullshit. Yeah. Well, like, there's a, a mindset of like, if you're a parent, like the example that you set is like, let's say I'm a parent and I have a daughter. Like, the kind of person that I try to be is the kind of person that you hope she will look for. Yes. On, like, a a good number of levels. 
So I like I related that to this where I'm like, that's the way that he's rotating. Or that's the way that he's he's like explaining himself and carrying himself. And he has daughters that are going to get courted by people or whatever. But that's OK to him. Yeah, it is. It, it's totally like, OK. Like I would be mortified to tell my daughters that this is the way that I, I yeah. view. Yeah. Yeah. It's Sorry. The drug medication is clouding my brain, so it's a little bit hard to put sentences together. I apologize. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, it's just so disrespectful. And he talks so much about, you know, making your wife feel cherished. It's like, way to fucking make... Way to go. Throw her a bone yeah, this by really... trying to look like you care about her little shit. Oh, I feel so cherished. Like, <laughs> fuck off. Like, it's seriously so disgusting. Okay, I'm moving on to the next scene. I just have to. Okay, so now we're at the rehearsal dinner, and the most notable part of the rehearsal is that they are, like, the siblings. Can oh. I go back real quick? Oh, sure. Yeah. Sorry. So, at the end of the, the conversation, uh, Geppetto looks like he just wants to get out of there. You can tell that even he's uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. So, he, like, stands up first to be like, well, well, thanks, you know. So, uh, Lego hair stands up. And was like, you're getting married today. I love you. And then they do this really bad, <laughs> side awkward hug. side hug. Yep. And I'm like, you are not used to having a real conversation with your father. You're not used to hearing him say I love you. And you're really not used to any sort of physical affection. Yeah. I mean, I need your I'm father. Me, there are I mean, but like, it's just, it's the putting on the act of it all when that doesn't yeah. really exist. If that's not your relationship, don't do that. If, if a parent tried to sit down and have like, oh, you, like you said on, on our wedding day, how your dad suddenly tried to have like some sort of like conversation with you. And you're like, not the fucking time. Bro. Yeah. Because he, he sat down and he wanted to have this like deep it, and it was like right before the ceremony so it's not like it was like the week of and he was like let's talk i've been thinking about some things i would respect that but once again when you don't let any emo like real emotion out or have any real conversation when you have those tiny little outlets it bursts, bursts out, out like you're the... doing resistance training <laughs> just uh. so so it becomes that like because he feels like he can feel something now, he wants to have this everything like heart to height with yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah, dude, it's exhausting. And I remember you telling me you were like, I was just like, not the time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, Talk to me I'm in the literally morning. dressed, like, about to get like walk down the aisle. <laughs> because it because even then it wasn't about you and I, and it wasn't about being married, and it wasn't about the person that I've become, or it was about him. Well, I think he wanted to talk about him in that moment. I think that's what happens, though. Is these things make these time, these like milestones in life make people super reflective, which is natural. And I'm not saying there's mm -hmm. anything wrong with that. But again, timing is fucking everything. Read and the room. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this isn't about you. Yeah. And I have a note about that later in this in this episode. And I say this like we're we're all the hero of our own story yeah so we assume that a lot of things that happen have things to do with us and they really don't like yeah. it's just circumstantial i always make the comment about how like when you're driving home and there's somebody that keeps turning when you're turning and after They're about the third me. time you're like who the fuck is this guy like <laughs> do i do i owe somebody money like you start thinking back of all these things and then you realize that no it's just somebody that happens to live in the same neighborhood yeah like it has nothing to do with you, Linda. 
Okay, anything else? Or No, I'm sorry. Oh, I no, just wanted fine. to point out awkward father interaction. I just want to make sure. I forgot to ask you if you had anything before I moved on nope. to the... Okay. So, they're putting on... The siblings are putting on a skit reenacting um, the engagement because they've watched the video. Because, you know, think about it. By this point, the show hasn't actually, like, aired, I don't think. But they're just... um. You know, they've watched the clips of it. Yeah. So the siblings are putting on the skit, the rehearsal dinner. And, um, oh, hang on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I was just, I, I was like, what did I write? But I I wrote that uh, religios love a skit because, oh, my God. Um, I remember watching. So you never watched. Oh, Sister Wives is back if there's any other Sister Wives watchers. By the way, Sister Wives, they always did these fucking skits like every time their kid graduated. And I remember people on Reddit being like, what is with all these fucking skits? And I'm like, they're Mormon. Mormons love a fucking skit. <laughs> so because they really do. And then I was like, oh, no, actually, I think it's just religious in general. It's how they get their yayas out. It's like yeah, a good skit. Because they get to pretend to be somebody else. <laughs> and they they think it's funny. You know, anyways. So I will say... If you eliminated the weird cultiness of this thing, it's kind of cute. Yeah. Like, it's a cute idea that you're like, how we're going to, it's the eldest brother. We're going to like. And they're kind of like roasting him. Oh, yeah. The, they're throwing shade on him real hard. Like, the ring thing was oh, hilarious, you know. So, so we'll um, get there. So Jill is explaining to the camera, like, she's like taping on signs onto the brothers that say, like, video guy, sound guy, and like, who video they all, dude. Video dude, that's right. <laughs> um, and she's explaining what they're doing. And she says, and this is why we're dressed in these dorky clothes. <laughs> yeah. Which I have a couple they things to say. They were probably Ma re- Keller's clothes or <laughs> well, some shit. Well, I have shit. a couple things to say regarding the costume choices for this skit. The Doug girls own the exact shirts that <laughs> Anna and Ma Keller were wearing. Right. You know, remember, this is their... <laughs> um, they're going out shirt that I that we see <laughs> yeah. at Silver City and every time they're going somewhere. Mm-hmm. And um, so maybe this just wasn't a big enough occasion for it. They're like, oof, we're not going out. So even though it fits perfectly, I just think it's odd that they own the exact clothing and they decided not to wear them for this. Right. And they actually have Jill in like a really terrible, like, like I'm like, the, you could have looked exactly like Ma, but you're choosing <laughs> to wear this like oversized 80s pink garb. Right. And then Pa Keller is is Susanna wearing a flannel and a backwards baseball cap, which first <laughs> yeah. of all, Pa Keller is bald, which, which she was wearing later on as well. Like she kept it on rehearsal. after the sketch, yeah. yeah. But I was just like, either I'm surprised they didn't have a boy play it first of all because of them and their gender roles, gender, gender. But um, uh, I'm, I'm he doesn't strike me as the the cap type even outside of a special place like Gator Landing. That was probably just the way they were trying to do a bald head. Like they didn't have a bald cap at this point. Bald caps are probably evil works <laughs> of Satan, so they couldn't put on a bald cap. During this skit, real quick, Ma Keller was eating pizza. Oh yeah, she was holding a baby and eating pizza. Yeah, and I. Which is fine. Like, nothing was wrong with that. But the joke that went through my head that I wrote down was, I bet if somebody was like, hey, Ma, what do you think about the pizza? She probably would have just smiled and looked at Pa <laughs> Keller. How is the pizza? Uh, line? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, final thought I have on clothes is, I just want to point out that Josh and Anna are yet again wearing the brown and white striped polos. Yep. So, I think that this is their event shirt, like I said. They wore it for their engagement photos. Yeah. Um, they're now wearing... This is a special... Mm-hmm. It's on the pillow. The special event shirt. This is the special event shirt. Yeah. I did say that... So, once again, I don't know any of their names. Uh, John David was playing Josh. Yes. Um, Jana, of course, was uh, was Anna. So, they had the twins that went on the double date, remember? That's what I was going to say. I'm like, could they maybe pick 
you know, like one of the Bates girls or something. I, so, I know, because the Bates So he are wasn't there. proposing to his sister. Coming off of the incest joke <laughs> yeah. between these two, it was like, oof, could you could maybe done and, you know, made a different choice. <laughs> but yeah, so um, John David comes in as Josh, and instead of like the the big thing of birthday balloons they have one singular it's a girl balloon it's kind of funny i got it it's pretty funny Mm -hmm. and for the part where josh kept repeatedly saying that the ring was a half carrot (laughs) uh john david has a baby carrot and he bites into it and he says see it's a a half carrot that's a pretty solid joke let's be real i mean i enjoy a good dad joke i gotta be honest like i like a good pun (laughs) i love a dad joke it's usually the person saying it that's the issue, not the joke itself. <laughs> um, so now everyone How thinks this you. shit is the funniest thing ever, and you know, and it, it got a little, it got a chuckle out of me too. But god damn it, Michelle is fucking losing it. Oh yeah, that woman for sure was pissing her lady's poise because <laughs> it was like she was doing, like you know how, like I pointed out before, how she like punched. Uh, shoulder punch jessa when she thought she was funny she's yeah. like hitting jim bob like yep. that woman she was mm-hmm. losing it yep i can't imagine she wasn't being <laughs> okay anything else on that um nope that's it so then um they're just kind of talking you know more just talking to the camera type shit and josh clearly learned from his father because he says that his approach to the wedding is more of a systematic process. There's the desired result, which we know is boning. He just wants to bone Anna ASAP. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what we need to accomplish that. So how do we get to bone is basically right. um, what he's saying. Whereas I mean, that's my MO. That's why I plan out what I do when I get home. Got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then whereas he says women see it as a wedding and XYZ needs to happen in between. So I feel like this is you and like a women, am I right? You know, <laughs> them with their silly little weddings. Right. And well, earlier, earlier Lego hair in some talking head about something was like, well, you know, women are a lot more emotional than men. And I'm like, you come from. Oh, I have it right here. Yeah. Is it? Okay. Yeah. It's right in this part. Okay. Go ahead. Do you want to do you want to do it? I don't have the quote for anything. I okay. just have a comment about it. Um, so, I, like, cl- clearly, the apple just does not fall far from the tree because then we have Boob saying, most men, a wedding is just kind of something that you need to do for your wife's sake. <laughs> men are not as emotional, but a wedding is one of the highlights of their life. You know, us women. You're not going to get much more after that. Yeah. So, so I mean, no, seriously, it probably mm-hmm. is. It's the best day of their life because they get, they some, get some attention. attention. And yeah, and like I don't know if you saw in my visuals from last week where Anna did her MTV Cribs moment with yeah. the camera. I was like, it is the only time she's ever been able to tell, tell a man what to do. <laughs> well, I just thought about that. I'm like, you come from a religion that's based off of you having to get fucking jacked off all the time. Yeah, just to just to not feel like you're less manly. Yeah, because and you're you saying that women are more emotional. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, like I am not. I am not that person of like, uh, women are so emotional and men aren't. No, men are just as emotional. And social guidelines and and regularity is usually what keeps them from thinking they can show that. And they have more, whereas we're seen as emotional, guys in their fucking baby fucking tantrums are yeah. seen as like anger. And it's like, that's a form of fucking emotion. You and your fucking yeah. stupid ass baby yeah. tantrum bullshit. Mm-hmm. You're going to tell me that's not emotion? It's still emotion. Fuck yep. off. Yep. Um. So on this kind of same thing is I don't really have a problem with the fact that 
a man may not caring as deeply about all the details of a wedding. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. Whatever. I don't give a shit. Did right. you care about the fucking drinksters I made? No. no. Did you care about the fucking, like, uh, picture hunt I made? Probably not. No. Like, you know. But I just think it's the wording of this that is so dismissive. Like, you're somehow some fucking knight in shining armor for going through Dealing all of this, with this for yeah. her. Mm-hmm. That's where it's you're. It's the dismissiveness. You can. It's fine. You don't have to care about all the things I care about. You yeah. don't have to care about. You know, Anna cares about the wagon that the flower girls are in. Fine. You don't give a fuck about Tool. Right. But don't be a fucking asshole. Yeah. Anyways. Well, I mean, this is the only time he has to do that. Oh yeah. Because after the wedding, all bets are off. It's already off. He's already playing the fucking <laughs> piano. God damn it. So then it flashes to Josh saying to Boob in the back in the junior church. So they're kind of flashing back and forth. And Josh says, I'm glad that it's special for her and that she's really enjoying it because it's like, I don't, you know, it's so it's very just him like making a face like I just don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'd be so sad to see that, you know, like, it's just yeah. like, I'm just doing all this for her. Yeah. Because I will admit, like, when we were getting married, there was things that you were putting a lot of attention to, into that at the end of the day, I honestly did not really care about. Yeah. I'm not minimizing the effort that you put into them or the care that you put towards them. Just me personally, it wasn't important you to You didn't me. care about the photo props I made? But I also, the photo props were cool. You didn't care about but the little signs I had everywhere? The signs were, the signage in there was pretty good. <laughs> but... I it was I wasn't an asshole about oh, it. Yeah. You wouldn't tell me shit, and I'd be like, I just don't care. No, like you would ask me stuff, and I'd give you my opinion, and I'd ask you if I could help. Like, yeah. Regardless of whether it was something that was important to me or not, I just don't feel the need for this conversation about like you're the fucking hero because you put up with it. So now it's the actual day of the wedding, and mm-hmm. Josh and Anna are actually seeing each other. Because he he's playing the piano. I mean, <laughs> um, because the wedding apparently isn't until seven p.m. You know, they just cannot possibly go that long <laughs> without holding each other's hand. So yeah, so they're together the entire day up until the wedding. There's none of that like air of mystery or anything. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a bunch of montages again of kind of all of the work that's being done to prepare. And Josh is in the cooler and he's showing all the food that's ready to go. So there's a chicken salad, crab salad, and tuna. And I all I could think of is who the fuck thinks of having tuna at a wedding? <laughs> it's like I kinda I get like crab like crab even though it's crab with the K. It um, seems fancier. It seems fan chicken salad is very like luncheon. But I'm right. like, who the fuck is like, let's have some fucking tuna at a wedding? <laughs> mm. I don't know. And I'll eat tuna. But I won't eat it at some only at home. It doesn't I'm, seem like a wedding a food. Wedding. Yeah, and I also don't eat it anywhere but home. It's one of those things. <laughs> Anyways, besides the point, um, Josh says that he normally goes to weddings for the food. Not which surprised. all of the kids said that at some point. <laughs> like we'll get every to that single again. child. There's a funny brought food up. I hope later. the food was good. Yeah. So he says that um, that's usually why he goes, but he doubts he'll be thinking about food later tonight. He's going to be thinking about boning. He's thinking about the sex. <laughs> it's like Legos. Yeah. Totally the same. It'd have to be one of those Legos that only has the one piece. And that's as close as it gets. Um, and yet somehow, um, 
he says that he's only, he's not going to be thinking about food, but I, somehow I still imagine him being the type to like slam a tuna sandwich between makeout <laughs> sessions with Anna, don't you? And a pickle. Like I, I just feel like he's the type to like not even think about if he stinks. Like, you know? <laughs> Anyways. Let's be real. Making out with somebody that has stinky breath is rough. Yeah. And then tuna. Can you imagine if you just ate a fucking tuna sandwich <laughs> and then you want to make out with me? Like, <laughs> no, thank No, thank you. No, thank you. So then Femi is talking to the camera about how she doesn't think she even, like, that Josh even cares about the wedding, which he doesn't. Nope. And he just can't wait to leave, which he can't. Right. And she says that the day is full of a lot of firsts for him. First kiss, first, and then she's like, first, everything. <laughs> so that's everything. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's everything. Um, so then Amy goes over to Josh, who again is playing the fucking piano, mm-hmm. a different piano too, Correct. different room. Yeah. This fucking asshole is just playing the piano while everyone is running around all the time. <laughs> and she decides to give him a few pointers. She's, this whole part was real oh, it's terrible. bad. It's terrible. But it's just also Famey being fucking Famey. And she says, number one, uh, don't bite her lips. And then, and what's creepy, though, is while she's saying that, did you see him? I wasn't paying attention. She says that, and he starts to lick his lips like a fucking creeper. <laughs> He's literally like... He's like... like <sighs> as much as he is creepy, I also feel like that's kind of just... This is uncomfortable. And I've never kissed anybody before. Why? And my cousin is here telling me different things. But I like, wouldn't be licking my lips even in the awkward. I would be, I'd be more apt to just like sh- just sit Don't there. get me wrong. I think he's a piece of shit. But I also feel like if you if you watch something that has some description about like lice, like you your head starts to itch. Mm-hmm. Even if you know you don't have lice, like maybe it was just that kind of weird. He's like preparing for making out as she's talking about it. It's disgusting. Yeah, you got to practice. Anyways. Got to wet them lips. Gross. There's a lot of lip licking in this whole thing. It's gross. So then the second thing is she says, don't headbutt her. And they go into this whole like, oh, and then don't do that. And, you know, turn your head this way. It's just terrible. And the the third thing is she says she wants a grand finale kiss. No pecking. She wants fireworks. And then in the talking head, Josh says that Amy has a sweetheart, but her vice wasn't helpful. (laughs) I mostly talked about this scene basically just to point out that he's playing the piano again i think that's the entire reason that i talked about this at all and famey being famey so then they are now getting ready to decorate the car amy's kind of leading the pack with a bunch of the boys like the little Mm -hmm. boys and stuff and some of the bates boys are there too because the bates are present Mm -hmm. and josh um like boob is coming up to anna and pest while they're eating a sandwich and they can't again they won't let go of each other's fucking hand to eat this goddamn sandwich and he's asking for their keys because he's like, it'd be a lot easier if you would just give us your keys. And Josh says he won't give them to the to them. And um, he's because he's just saying that he really doesn't have a problem with them decorating it. But he says, end quote, he has a problem with them disabling his departure time. So got to get to that boating. Yep. So they end up breaking into the car, which I my little slew thing, though. I was like, oh, that was totally made up. Because you see them, like, kind of breaking into the car and shit like that, like, through the window. But in the background, I see Josh walking away. Because <laughs> he was the only one wearing a green striped polo that day. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, he just unlocked the car. And then they're like, now let's do a scene of you guys breaking into of the you car. you pretending to break in. So yeah. that's what I think happened. Damn. You're getting the real the real poop you know, on this episode. You know, 
me and my detective skills, the real reporting. So they break into the car with quotation marks I'm using. And they fill it with toilet paper, and then they end up covering it in saran wrap, so that the idea, of course, is to take, you know, make it hard for them to get into the car. And the funny... And Go ahead. So one of the things that they were doing was Femi was having all the boys drink Dr. Pepper out of cans, because she was like, come on, we're going to put the cans on the car. Yeah. They only attached one of those cans. I know, it's fucking useless. Like, she had seven of these kids drinking Dr. Pepper... And I was like, oh, this is going to be good. They're going to have like a bunch of them. And it was literally one can. One can. They didn't even have one can per kid. They could have had at least yep. 18 cans on that car. Yeah. And I will say, uh, JD came through in the clutch See, with a did. very funny item. That is funny. You can go ahead and explain it. So they were, I saw him when they were showing the kids throwing ripped toilet paper into the car. I saw and him. says, that's a clean toilet paper, right? Blah, right. blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I wonder how many books he looked in to find out a joke about toilet paper. <laughs> so I saw John David um, screwing the bumper back on, like the front. Like if you're going to work on the radiator, you can like, you know, loosen the cover. So I saw him screwing it back in and I'm like, that's weird. What was he doing? And then later on, he was like, I'm going to wire the horn to the brakes. Which is fucking good. So every time he hits the brakes, the horn goes off. And it's good. It's and pretty it's funny. And it's real good. They test it, and it's so funny. Yeah, so, so it's like, John David came through twice in this mm -hmm. episode. So yep. I, props to JD. To half carrot. Right? Props to him. It was pretty fucking funny. I gotta give him that. <laughs> um, so now it's officially getting ready time, and the girls are all getting ready doing their hair. So it's a sea of really bad ringlets. <laughs> And um, Anna's sister, Rebecca, she's the ringleader of the ringlets. She's got really bad ringlets herself, and she's mm. doing all of the ringlets. Yeah. I want so badly just to go through the screen. And, like, even if they don't want me to f let me fully brush the curls out, <laughs> I'm like, can you just let me put my fingers in it a little bit? Like, I just want to, like, break them up. <laughs> it's like full-blown uh, Shirley Temple, but they wouldn't even approve of Shirley Temple because she jumps for joy and wears shorts, you know, really short dresses. And dances. And dances. Yeah. So, jumps for joy, that's what I, you know. Mm. So they're doing their hair. So this is the perfect time for Pa Keller's little, you know, commentary where Pa Keller says that the Bible says that the glory of a woman's hair, hair is her hair and they have a lot of it, mm -hmm. which, of course, we learned about last week. We learned a lot about hair last week. But remember, it's also the symbol of her being under authority. Just, Correct. Just so we're tracking. Mm -hmm. Just wanted to make sure everybody remembered that. So then Boob is talking about the ceremony and reception because he's kind of like getting dressed and stuff, which, by the way, he forgets his shirt. He can't find it. Gil Bates ends up giving him his shirt, so Gil has to wear one of his dirty shirts. And they showed it hanging in the stall. Maybe this was after. This was after. But they showed his shirt hanging in the stall. But do you notice when he was getting ready, like, to show them what he looked he like? Had he had his was, polo He on. had his polo underneath because he didn't have the shirt. Yeah, so I, I feel like did he do that just to make sure that everything fits and then he forgot his shirt in there because that's got, what i took that as yeah or yeah yeah i and took then, that he took all the pieces in there went to get ready was like cool let me check the the fit and then not like the way the kids see fit like yeah. the, actual <laughs> the actual fit, fit. and um <laughs> and then when he left he left without the shirt because he was so used to wearing a damn polo yeah that's what i had in my head so gil had to give him his and so he's like so i'll be wearing my dirty white shirt from the night before 
Um, so anyways, that's just kind of a sidestep. So he's talking about the ceremony and the reception. He's like, it doesn't start till seven. It's going to be a long night. So then the <laughs> camera guy, he asks, so no dancing or no booze? And Jim Bob says, no dancing, no booze, just having a good time. Then Paul, Ke- then we get to hear from Pa Keller again. We got some, you know, real Pa Keller centric stuff this episode. This whole thing made me so sad for him. So Pa Keller says, Jesus uh, changed the water to wine at the wedding. And that word really means grape juice. He changed the water to grape juice. Yep. And I had major flashbacks to my father because my father said the same thing to me. <laughs> Because, um, not hard to believe, Tim, he really did not like when I questioned things. Of course not. So I was probably about 9, 10 when I said, well, they talk about wine all the time. And he was like, it's grape juice! Like, I mean, he was like, sorry if I just yelled. Sorry, guys. Um, uh, just, and another thing he really fucking hated that I asked. Because, you know, Mormons are, you know, your body's your temple, so they don't want multiple piercings and no tattoos. And I remember telling my dad, well, I've been in the temple. And there's giant murals on the wall. And there's things hanging from the wall. And there are pictures hung on the wall. I said, how is that any different? You're taking something that you think is beautiful. And I'm like, and beauty's subjective. What you, you might think is beautiful. I think all of it's gaudy as shit and stupid. Gaudy, not just in gaudy, gaudy, but gaudy, gaudy. Um, but I was like, what's the difference? They thought that that was a good way to honor it and make it look beautiful. Right. And he was just like, that is not the same. <laughs> so anyways, that was a long story to say. Paul Keller talking about wine is actually grape juice. Takes me, uh, takes me way back. Yeah. Any hoozle. Um, then Paul Keller goes on to say that a lot of men lust after women when they're dancing. I don't even th- I don't even think of it. It's like it doesn't even even enter our mind. Like he's mm-hmm. acting so like, oh my god, I just yeah. He's like, it doesn't even enter our minds to be out dancing. It's just it's not in the program. Can I interject with one thing? Absolutely. So I uh, oh worked at a hotel in downtown Phoenix, and all of the kitchen, most of the kitchen staff, and the chefs all got fired. And what it was was it was a hostile takeover by one of the floor owners, and he bought out the other three and fired almost everybody that was in that management staff and most of like the like the leads to input his own team. And I was in between jobs and I thought I had found one, but I was driving for Lyft. I was doing like I did all sorts of stuff just to, to supplement my income, make enough money. So one of them was donating plasma. Yeah. Because it was a source of income. I could do it on the regular. I could choose when I wanted to go in. If you did it, you know, consecutively over, you know, a month, like bonuses, you would get bonuses yeah. for kind of, you know, coming in every week. And I will never forget that my dad told me, I don't like that you're doing that. I'll, I'll, how much are you making? I'll just give you the money every week. And I was like, why do you care? Like, my dad's donated blood since I was little. So in my head, I was like, why does he Why does he care? He doesn't have an issue with the idea of donating blood. Yeah. So what is the issue? And he goes, well, you know what? People, people donate blood so they can go and buy drugs. And the funniest line that Whitney always says about it is, you know what else people do to buy drugs? Go to work. work. I know. <laughs> yeah. 
So are you saying that they shouldn't go to work because there's certain people that do that to buy drugs? Like, so that's that's what this reminds me of where he says men lust after women when they're dancing. You know what else men lust after women? Walking All the by. fucking time. Yeah, no, it's no, it's totally the same idea. It's like you're just de- you're deciding this one thing is bad. You're deciding that dancing is lustful a woman can we f- we can be fucking existing doing we can look like shit we cannot be showing anything and they could still be lusting after you you're deciding that's, that this is bad so ways that your dad like well you know donating plasma that's for druggies like you yeah. know it's like fuck off with their shit you're just narrowly deciding mm-hmm. that this is how it is mm-hmm. but i don't know you know that cha-cha slide get it girl, girl. you know just like all those rights to lefts all that hopping that Two be, times. I know that could be pretty lustful. I don't know about you. <laughs> oh, would she would she prefer electric or cha cha? Um, I think the cha cha slide is more interesting. Yeah. They're both awful. I prefer the cha cha if I had to. They're both How awful. low can you go? Oh my god. Anyways, moving oh, on. Oh man. Um, so then we see a lovely scene of Michelle shaving Pest's neck. <laughs> so we get a real good close up of a pimple on his neck little little neck knee and she says okay here we go i have to get ready realizing that that was the last time i'd be helping josh shave the back of his neck it was just kind of a special moment (laughs) so uh then she we hear her say i love you josh like as you know she's just kind of like you know brushing off his neck and shit like that so you know precious moments in life yep. shaving with the way she, neck with the way that she talks i feel like you could add scary music and like the sound of wind and it would be perfect for a horror movie but like her just being like i love you josh it's like that alone is creepy <laughs> his neck got her all kinds of emotional oh my god go ahead so then there's another flashback to my dad. I'm sorry that I'm even bringing this up. I just had to. Josh is putting on what is clearly brute cologne. It's the <laughs> undeniable, like unmistakable green bottle. Takes me back to my dad used to like, like slap it onto himself, like literally slap it. And if I was anywhere in the vicinity, he'd slap it onto me too. So I was like seven years old. I'd go out into the world and I smelled like a middle-aged Mormon man. <laughs> but I was like, oh, he's using brute. I'm like, is that also like a thing of like a... Uh, religios hmm. it's the religious yeah. uh aftershave yeah i don't know just a thought so apparently this uh this show is slowly turned into about her father's i know what is with it so everyone is getting ready and now it's time for the first look which of course takes place no other than right outside the bathroom door <laughs> pictures are being taken and everything and right off to the side is the little bathroom sign mm-hmm because, you know, I couldn't think of a possibly a better place to have the first look than outside the fucking bathroom door. I made an observation in this. Do you remember the game Mercy? I've heard of it, but I never played it in my life. It was kind of a boy thing. But if you guys don't know, if you don't, you have know, never heard know. of it. So what you do is you, um, you like, like if you're holding hands with somebody where you clasp your oh, fingers you in mean between like each that? other. Like not the board game? So Isn't like you. a board game named Mercy? You do it with both hands, so then your yeah. fingers are clutched, 
And then the whole point is to try to get the other person to submit. Yeah. So you're like pushing, trying to push their fingers back. You like fling up, you know, you flip it upside down. So your fingers are pointed down and then you're trying to get them to submit. That's the whole point of mercy. If you changed the, the context of how hard they hold each oh, other's hands, it looks like they're playing mercy. No, you're right because I I didn't even write I didn't write it down, but I kept thinking like it's like her she she looks extended like she it looks so like her pain. her her elbow looks like it's gonna pop the other direction. Yeah, because like, like they're just like holding in this weird way that they just like pop and like it's just because they will never let go that any way that they're moving, no matter how uncomfortable it is, they will not let go. Yeah. So it's like. It's going to be uncomfortable. Yep. <laughs> no, it's a perfect way to describe it. Because she was like looking at him adoringly and then you looked at her arm and you're, you're like, like, oh, honey, that's like jo- disjointed yeah, exactly. backwards. God. <laughs> um, let's see. So where am I? So they take various um, photos before the ceremony and all that jazz. So no kissing in the photos, though, because, of course, this is before they're actually married. But there's one close shot. Very close. But no actual kiss. So then Josh tells the brothers that he needs the ring and that's in the center console of the car. We saw earlier they wrapped the whole thing in saran wrap. So it was a whole to do mm-hmm. of them trying to get into it without undoing it. They Which I will say it. they're pretty smart. Yeah. So it was it was two of the Bates boys. Yeah. Nathan and Zach were helping with. Yeah. So it's like they were they kind of like pulled the door open enough to bit. kind of slide like a torso in there. But then it's like, if you're standing on the ground, you're not going to be able to reach the middle console. So one of them got on all fours, and then the other one kneeled on his back so he had leverage and then was able to get his whole torso in. I thought that was pretty damn smart. But did you notice what the ring box looked like? It was like a crystal. It was like crystal, like the faceted plastic. It looked exactly, I'm not even joking, exactly like the ring like that Miguel gave me in kindergarten when I was standing in line for the drinking fountain. There was this little- Like he bought it at Claire's or- We were in kindergarten. He got it out of the freaking, uh, like- Out of like the holiday store? No, the the thing in the grocery store, like, you know, like a vending machine type thing. Oh, okay. Like the big things. Like it was- 100% 100% like one of those giant machines and he I, he struggled at school and I was one of the girls only people that was nice to him I was his only kid at his birthday party so he had a little crush oh, on me so in the sad. drinking fountain he brought me this ring and it was two birds beak to beak anyways <laughs> the ring box looked exactly like my kindergarten box from Miguel so <laughs> taking me back all over the place this episode I was gonna say it feels pretty pretty apropos pretty. <laughs> um I also just wanted to point out that it was right after this that we you know we rarely hear from joseph and and i think we kind of get a a sense of why because he's talking to the camera and joseph says it's about uh, a little over 30 minutes till it starts so hope the food's good (laughs) Mm, same pal (laughs) it's like oh joseph simple little joseph (laughs) well think about it like even when i was a kid like yeah the food was going to be the main focus but honestly, like the music was was good and we had fun and yeah, they don't have that. No, so it's food is the main event. And when Whitney was kind of walking in the room and as I was finishing the episode, I was, I was asking her like I'm curious like, what do they do? Do they just like sit around and talk? I'm like, is there like games they play? And None of that. There's really there's tuna, there's and cake, <laughs> tuna and cake. <laughs> um, 
So, yeah, so that's a little, it's actually a little blip into the future, I feel, though, Tim, because we do see eventually when Joseph gets married, like, on their honeymoon, he, like, licks a plate in a restaurant. So it's like, that guy's (laughs) clearly there for the food. Okay, so now, get ready for this one. There's a little spicy talk. (laughs) But Duggar spicy, to be clear. So mayonnaise. Yeah. So Josh says, this would be breakfast sausage instead of turkey (laughs) in the tater tot casserole, remember? Um, Josh says, 15 minutes left. I'm enjoying the last few minutes, but I'd rather be married right now. And then now here's where the spice comes. Jessa, not Ginger Tim, this is Jessa. They're all the same. Jessa says, he's going to have some love marks all over him. Oh, my. Yeah. And then Jana says, but he won't mind. I thought that was pretty spicy for a Duggar girl. That is. My God. Someone hose him down. So then um, it shows Anna and Ma Keller taking photos in the fucking bathroom. Did you notice that? <laughs> yeah. They're in the fucking bathroom. It's like, dear God. Uh, is it like, can any get out of the bathroom. And then yeah. there's like these horrible pictures on the wall behind them. Mm-hmm. It's like caricature-y type things of like women with like purses and shit. Yeah. And it's like somebody fucking should have stepped in and said like, maybe let's go like somewhere else, like anywhere else. So bad. But instead... First look, mother-daughter pictures. They're obsessed with the fucking bathroom. So it was during this bathroom photo shoot, we also hear from Paul Keller again with all of his infinite wisdom. Mm. And he says, the way God had um, ordained it all, Josh becomes the authority at the wedding. He became her uh, authority, not me. And that's the way God designed the transfer of authority. And it's a good design. (laughs) Yeah. A couple things here. Number one, a good design for the man. Let's be clear. The men are the one benefiting from this situation. Mm-hmm. And um, I, with this transfer of authority happening at, at the wedding, I, I have some questions regarding her hair. <laughs> Who does she do her hair for? Is it That's for true. Pa or for Pest? Because remember from last week... Um, it talked about how, you know, that shows that you're under authority. So, like, instead of doing, like, a re- uh, ceremony to reception, like, gown change, should be she be changing her hair? <laughs> yeah, Like, right. whose hair was she doing her hair for that day? I'm very curious. It's very symbolic. Because, spoiler alert, she doesn't change her hair. So, <laughs> is it done for Pest or for Pa? Well, maybe there's just overlap and then she didn't have to think about it. They were like, you know what? We both like crunchy curls and yep. really, really flat bangs. Yeah, we both had a meeting, and we both decided what we want your hair to look like. That's probably what happened, I'm sure. So, now it's the actual ceremony, and... Uh, Ooh. Yes. Oh, no, no, you did... Oh, I know you won't. Pest, pest yes. ruined some shit. Go ahead. Go for it. They were down the hallway, and they were walking to go and take the pictures. Yes. And their family's in the hallway with them. And then you see him look down worried and he's behind her and once again they're clutching each other's hands like they're trying to get the other person to submit and uh he stepped on her train and ripped it off ripped it right off yep she's having to have it sewed on yep and i was like pest is already ruining shit get ready for that honey yeah this is just (laughs) this is something small it only gets worse (laughs) all right are you ready to move on to ceremony or do you have anything else I am ready to, yes, I'm ready to move on. That woman in blue 
That was cracking the whip was oh, my yeah. favorite. Oh, yeah. She was outside there. She was like, women over here, men over there. If you have gum, I want it out. And Joy had the gum in her mouth. And she's like, <laughs> Yeah, like worriedly <laughs> taking the gum out of her mouth. It's like she kind of was like trying to take it out without the lady seeing. Uh, yeah. And funny. then they interviewed, they had her on like kind of like a mini talking head. Yeah. Like just kind of off to the side. And she was like, oh, I'm ready for the wedding to be over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she had gotten yelled at. Yeah. She's like, I'm ready for the crab with the K. Can we be done here? And I think the theme for most of this, too, is that I'm going to get the name wrong, and now I have, like, a hyper self-consciousness. Jan is super dweeby about everything. And what what did she say? I don't know. There was just – there was they would randomly show her, like, during little bits, and she would, like, say something or do something, and I was like, yep, it's dweeby. I think, see, I think that Jill is a dweeb. I think Jan is awkward. To me, it's different. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. Jan is just awkward. Jill's the dweeb in my eyes, but we can have differing opinions. It's okay. You, if you think Jen is a dweeb, it's okay, Tim. She's saying that nicely, and she's looking at me really mean. <laughs> I want to point that out there. Okay, so now it's the ceremony. I'm just not even going to give you a response for that. Now it's the ceremony, and, you know, let's just get to the... They include a number of kids, leaving it up to God and their vows, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then during the ring portion, John David acts like he doesn't have the ring and he has to run out and get it and run back in, blah, blah, blah. It's fucking annoying. But yeah, it's how the, staged was that? It's Well, it's you'll see going forward. It is a tradition. It's a trope that they do going mm-hmm. forward. And like so many brides like later on are like, oh, my God, because they know it's coming. It mm-hmm. gets worse. So I'm just preparing you. Well, it's a thing. Anna looked not too pleased yeah, about well, this Well, none part. of the brides are. They're kind of just like, can we fucking move on, please? Like, you know. And I even put, I even put the... Uh, even if Anna didn't like that or didn't want that, she couldn't say anything about it. So yeah, it, doesn't it would matter. matter. And then when they ask for the ring for um, Josh, she gets it right away and she goes, "This ring right here." Like it's like the most like she's oh, yeah. like. There's another forceful. moment later on where you can tell she is not having it, but <laughs> yeah. I'm like, she can't say, say anything. anything. Yeah. yeah. So then, dear God, Josh sings Anna the loyalty song. And it's awful. It's terrible. My secondhand embarrassment was through is off the fucking charts. Like, you know, when something isn't even about you, but you're still like really embarrassed Mm -hmm. to the point where you don't even want to be looked at. Like Mildred was in the room and she looked at me and I'm like, look away. (laughs) Like, like, I can't handle this right now. Like, I I get so uncomfortable, like, and I get almost like, um, like sensory overload. I get like sensory overload where I was like, I can't even have the cat looking at me right now. Like, I'm just too embarrassed. So it's terrible. Oh, and God. It's actually a kid's song that is meant to teach the character quality of loyalty. But, of course, Pest thought that the song displayed his emotions and feeling for Anna perfectly. Mm-hmm. So um, the irony of this asshole singing, singing about loyalty is not lost on any of us, given what we know going <laughs> forward. When he started singing... There was a talking head with him talking about what the loyalty song was about and why he felt like it was a good yeah. idea to do this. And I I was watching it going, no, don't do it, man. Yeah, don't, don't. 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 And then they show him grab the microphone and start singing. And I made the joke to Whitney that I turned into either Switch or APOC from the first Matrix movie when they know that they're going to get unplugged and they're going to die. And when she sees it, she's like, not like this. <laughs> not, not like this. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, as it's happening, you're like, and it's happening. And it's still and it's still going. It's happening. It's yeah. happening. 
It's just, it's here. And he gets, oh, Lord. Yeah. like, he's not even just like, I'm just going to sing and I'm just going to sing like a person. He's like trying to be. Oh, like, yeah. He's trying to turn around hard. Sing like this. Can I make a comment that you'll probably like wholeheartedly disagree with? Okay. Preparing to disagree. That's probably your, that's your life. Um, he didn't sing horribly. Like I put in I my disagree. notes, I I put in my notes that you can tell that he can kind of hold a certain note. Mm. Because believe me, when you hear bad singing, it is as somebody who was a musician for a long time, it is unbearable to listen to. This one was bad and it was awkward as fuck and it was poorly timed and it was all these things, but I was like the actual technical part of him singing a note wasn't the worst thing I've ever. It wasn't great, but it wasn't absolutely You're right, atrocious. I disagree. <laughs> yeah. But that's okay. We can disagree. I was just looking technically. Do I need to make an appeal? You and I are in bad. What was it? You're in bad standing yeah. right now. Yeah, I can't yeah. make an. You appeal. and I are in bad standing right now. Okay, never mind. Forget the appeal. <laughs> I'm going to my Bethel. <laughs> so then it's really weird because Jim Bob comes up and he gets on the stage and he like gets on the microphone, and he announces to the world that they're they've been saving their first kiss. Now I'm not stupid. I know that everyone in this room already knows that, but I just don't see the need to fucking announce it. Like, what a way to put even more pressure on the situation, especially for Anna. Like, I'm thinking about her. I'm like, I would be like, can we just not talk about this? Yeah. Like, why do we have to draw more attention? Everybody knows we're kissing for the first time. Everybody knows we're trying to get out of here to fuck for the first time. Do we mm. really have to talk about it on the microphone during our ceremony? Yeah. Unnecessary at fucking best. And I felt like part of it was Jim Bob having to make it about something about Jim Bob. Yeah. And then I made the joke that I was like, Man, if you think Jim Bob watching their first kiss is awkward, he was probably waiting for him at the hotel at this point. <laughs> um, so then Boob is even the one to have them kiss and then announce them as like, you know, Mr. Yeah. Joshua Duggar. So it's just kind of an interesting setup. And Josh's verbiage when they did this, he was like, you know, there's a lot of young people in here. It's a testament to the fact that we waited. And I'm like, you're not that inspiring, yeah, bro. You know, and you know, if it's the, especially if it's the fucking norm in their cults, which it is, it's like, who the fuck decided that Josh Duggar and Anna Keller are the fucking like, you know, it's so stupid. Anyways, I also put that Ma Keller has, <clears throat> Ma Keller has the same look that she always has at all times. It never changes in this because they were like panning over the crowd and looking, and she, yep, she had that awkward smile with way too much teeth. And she was just looking adoringly up yeah, there. Yeah, she's just like the ha- she's like the old lady that you're like, oh, she's 82, but she's just happy to be here. It's like she's, she's not stoned. That old. It's like it's like she has no fucking clue what's going on. Yeah, that's that hits it on. It's the like head. someone with dementia sitting there, and they're like, they're just sitting there. They're happy yeah. to be here. Like yeah. I don't know. I'm just happy to be here. So, anything else before I move on to the reception? Nope. So now it's the reception, and I'm really disappointed because we never got a follow up with Joseph about the food. <laughs> i was dying to know his thoughts on the crab salad with the k and and the tuna but we never got a we never got a sit rep on that so i'm pretty pretty disappointed but of course without fail Famy has to be all fucking Famy. and josh and anna opted not to do the whole face smash with cake which tim and i also did not do it's not my thing no nope. you know so Famy, of course had to be the attention whore that she is and insert herself into the situation and she shoves cakes in Josh's face. 
Mm-hmm. And actually, our dweeby little friend Jill was involved too. Did you notice yep. that? Mm-hmm. It was actually. It, it was actually Jill that did the actual like wiping mm-hmm. of the frosting, but it was like Amy that like really like got in the way and like Correct. whatever. So I think that made Josh think it was all Amy. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. So then Josh throws cake on Amy, and of course she's fucking loving it because it's attention and uh, yep. she's annoying. Um, then there's lots of Anna and Josh kissing and. As mentioned earlier, a whole lot of lip licking. Like they get done kissing, <laughs> and like Anna's just like licking her lips, and I'm yeah. like, it's just I'm like, that's not no. Are you guys just really slobbering all over <laughs> each other? Like what is happening here? I feel like the well, they did say earlier in the episode that she didn't want to wear lip gloss. Yeah. When they were getting ready, there's a point where she was talking she about like gross. she doesn't wear this makeup and isn't used to this, so it smells bad and it's you know, it was all these things and then there's a point where Famie's watching them do her makeup and she's like, So she's not wearing lip gloss, why? <laughs> so maybe that's what it is. Maybe somebody get homegirl some fucking chapstick. Seriously. Oh, you know, I would dry right up if, if that ma- all parts of me would dry up if that man kissed me. My <laughs> vagina, my lips, they would just all like Sahara instantly. So maybe- Why are your eyes all red? My <laughs> eyes are dry for some reason. Maybe that's what's happening to Anna. All it, orifices, all parts point. of the body are just... <laughs> and I would... Like, that recept- we talked... You know, they've already talked about no booze, no dancing, you know. But I will say, like... Musicless reception is awkward. Yeah, I mean, what are you supposed to fucking? What do you like as a guest? Like, I get like you talk to people. Like, I get that, but I just I don't know. See, when I was growing up, I um Mormon weddings I since have changed and modernized a little bit as far as the reception Mm -hmm. goes. I'm sure the whole like temple wedding, whatever. Correct. But me growing up, it was very much you had your reception in the in the church hall, so it was like the basketball hoop is like pushed up to the ceiling. And there was the receiving line. You went through and you saw yep. the bridal party through the receiving line. Mm-hmm. And there was cake and mints and a CD player on sitting on the stage. <laughs> okay. So no live music, really, but it was mm-hmm. like a CD player. But I'm like, this, I didn't see anything going on. Hmm. They had more food. I'll give them that. It was more than mints Interesting. and cake. You know what it was with Mexicans? You know what Mexicans loved? Cause it felt like a party drink. Uh, was... We had uh, punch. Fruit punch with Sprite in it, so it was sparkling. Ooh, girl. I feel like little that... effervescence will get you fucking partying, right? Because no, we, nobody had that in their house, and it would always be like your tia filling up like the orange big Gatorade thing, and it would be like Hawaiian punch and like uh, Walmart brand Sierra Mist. <laughs> My know? oldest sister Bree, she got married when I was six years old. She was eighteen. And um, they didn't get married in the in the temple or anything like that. My brother-in-law wasn't Mormon. Uh, my dad was bishop. It was blasphemy. It was a whole dishonor on the family. And but, your cow. And the cows. Um, but they had the reception at the the church hall. They mm-hmm. couldn't give a fuck. They just wanted to be married. Like yeah. They're just like, she wanted to get out of the house. They wanted to be married. But yeah, we had punch and cake and mints. And my parents overbought the uh, amount of punch fruit like concentrate it was like mm-hmm. gallons of concentrate and we had concentrate for mo- oh, months and i was fucking happy <laughs> was about the best it. i was three like months yeah, of your life this is great <laughs> anyways oh, man. um so then eventually the so the they don't really show a whole lot of the reception they show them mm. make out they show the famey 
cutting the cake thing. Yep. And that's really the extent of it. Yeah. So then they're out to their car. And of course, because of Saran Wrap, they're trying to like get into it, blah, blah, blah. They eventually make their way into the car. We get to hear John David's handiwork again with the brakes and the horn. It's mm-hmm. great. And then it shows the camera guys waiting at the hotel for them to show up. Can and I say then- one thing? Oh, yeah. This goes back to what I mentioned before. When they opened the door, the the plastic wrap and like the writing on the car was fine. And then when they opened the door, the car was full of like hand torn toilet paper. And you could tell the second that she opened the door, Anna was pissed. Oh, she was. And she was all the. Didn't she even Shh. say? She said something, um, something to the effect of like. Um, everything uh, i ever dreamed of yeah that's what i wanted like yeah. she had like there was a tone she had a face oh yeah she was not about that which obviously they did a gesture and it was and for the most part it was funny but it's like if that's not something she wanted they shouldn't have done it yeah you know yeah. and 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 that's another trope like obviously it's a tradition to decorate the car but the whole wedding ring thing becomes a thing going forward and then trying to mess with them getting out of there to go have sex is a whole other thing mm-hmm. yeah so it was just so i felt bad because she's going to remember that and that's going to be that thing of like i hated that that was stupid and she has no outlet to tell anybody that she hated that that was stupid. so she loved it tim she <laughs> loved it don't you know yeah on the way to, you said the cameramen were waiting for them. Yeah, at the so hotel. that came first, and then it shows them in the car. Do you want to talk about that? Oof. So the the cameramen were there, and they're explaining that you know they're they're waiting in like the little like port cachere, and then when they get there, they're gonna follow them in, and we'll get one last shot, and then they'll shut the hotel door. Yeah. And then they show, <clears throat> Peston and Anna in the car, dash cam style. Yep listening still like kind of all over each other like making out and he's trying to like look at the road at the same time yeah his head's like like, fully to the right but his eyes are like to the left trying to watch the road (laughs) um and they're listening to the cd that lego hair gave them sitting on the dash yeah like the actual like was a commercial for dr wheat ministry director i I wrote down what we hear do you want me to say it (laughs) lay it down this is going to be so hot. So this is the Get before ready. the wedding night. And it says, love involves close bodily contact and the pleasure of seeing, touching, and enjoying with all the senses. Mm-hmm. If you notice, I just use the term to know each other in the most intimate sense possible. That's what we see. Pest probably popped off just with that. Oh, seriously. He's and- like, no, no, her. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know you. And it sounds... The guy reading it sounds like Colonel Sanders. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Colonel Sanders is pretty hot. Like, I'll give you that. But it was just funny. Like, I expected him to be like, it's finger licking good. Oh, gross. Finger licking. <laughs> disgusting. God. Anyways, I'm moving on from that. <sighs> so they arrive at the hotel and Josh opens the door for Anna, as he should. And he starts off with rolling the luggage. But then by the time we actually see the footage of them coming down the hallway to their bedroom, now Anna is has the luggage. Did you notice that? Mm, oh, yeah. And then yep. he opens the door and he walks in first. He doesn't even like, mm-hmm. I mean, he's kind of holding it for her, but not in the appropriate way that I know like, the this door is my... like closes on yeah, her. Like, Let's be exactly. real. It's like, this is not the like, 
I'm gonna like let my I'm not even saying I'm I'm not even talking fucking carrying her over the threshold none of that bullshit I'm saying this is number one not just my wife my new wife but just like my my bride like let me open the fucking let me take the luggage first of all and then to walk in ahead of her and like barely hold the fucking door for her Mm -hmm. like a fucking like he's not even trying no not even trying and then it ends with Pess saying goodbye as the door shuts and they both give out a woo and it's probably a horrific night for anna <laughs> you think it was like socks on i don't even think they made it that far <laughs> i think he like i think he came so fast oh you know what we'll talk about this another time you <laughs> or know not talk yeah. about it at all let's do that one <laughs> Okay. Do you have anything else you want to add on to the episode? No. It was um, the wedding itself, other than the whole episode, really, like, once they got to the wedding, um, it wasn't as, like, bad as I thought it was going to be. Just a couple little things here and there. Like, uh, like it was pretty normal, like, awkward wedding fair. But it's that beginning half with, like, but, the talks yeah, and stuff that yeah, you're yeah, like, oh, yeah. God. Like, the, yeah. the brunt of the... The bullshit is in that first half. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So. Okay. So I think we have summed up that wedding. We've been waiting for you to see that episode for a long time. That t- really, that talk with him, Jim Bob, and oh, God. Um, so I think we're done with the episode. So we're going to take a little break, and we will be right back. So I sincerely hope that you guys are not too disappointed, but we have a podcast first. We have no deep dive this week. Mm-hmm. And there was reason behind that. Multiple reasons. For reason, first of all, we are recording one day early because Tim's job is fucking insanity. Um, he has one day off. Normally record like we'd be recording tomorrow. One day out of, d- of deep dive work for me is a lot mm-hmm. just because of my normal schedule to work in all the research I need. Cutting a day early without a ton of notice. Is huge. Yeah. So first of all, and then Tim's about to go spend three days living. It's a good thing he works at a hotel because when you say he's going to go live at work for three, four days, Mm -hmm. at least he has a place to sleep that's besides cot. But Tim's packing up tonight to leave to be away for three nights. So we had to do this um, early. So that was Mm -hmm. first reason. But second reason is I knew that I was like, well, when he told me that, I was like, probably not doing a deep dive is okay because we had so much to say just Mm -hmm. about this episode itself. I think Tim just said that when he looked at the time, it's an hour 15 just for the episode recap. Yeah. So with that time, I do not feel like it's a deal breaker to not have a deep dive. And the topic that I had planned for it will actually perfectly fit in for another episode later Mm. in the season. So it just kicks it down the line a little bit. We will still have the opportunity to get that information in a way that fits in in a fun way. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I just felt like we had plenty to discuss. So we're actually just going to go straight into the wind down. This is where we would insert uh, the theme music for Whitney's wind down. That we have not come up with yet. The only thing I have in my head is there's also been a lot of Disney references recently. Um, The other thing I think of is Toy Story 2 when Woody finds out that he was like a TV star. And they had Woody's Roundup. Woody's Roundup. So I think Whitney's Wind Down. So maybe we should just have you sing it and we'll record it and that can be... 
Well, right now's the time because I have these dulcet tones. He's, it's very sultry. He's I got sound the, like I'm a nighttime jazz DJ. He's got that Welcome sexy. Welcome back. Phoebe Buffet would say you have sexy phlegm. <laughs> Welcome to the midnight storm. I should, for visuals this week, remember that old ass video I have on my phone of when you were really sick and I said, Ooh. and you were all, hey, baby, I should do it this it week. It was like Thurl Ravenscroft, like the voice of... Uh, the voice of Sheer Khan from the Jungle Book. Like, that's Thrill Ravenscroft. Like, that, it was that. Yeah, he had a deep ass voice. Like, the yeah, ground I was, shook. And it, it's on, like, my old, like, not even iPhone. Like, my old, um, you know, the old phones where you flip them um, mm-hmm. and it had the keyboard? Mm hmm. It was one of those phones. So the quality will be very bad, but you can still get the yep. idea. <laughs> I've been saving that video for years. It didn't even get Whitney all hot and bothered. That I, was the, I, I, that was what I was going for, and she I was like, I'll do it again. She Say was laughing. <laughs> That's not the response I wanted. Anywhoozle. So as part of the wind down, so here's the thing. The thing about this episode for me was that once you like push aside the ha ha's and really let it set in, which I don't think you've had a lot of time to let it sit in because you just watched it. Just a this couple morning. hours. Yeah, he just watched it this morning, whereas I've watched it a couple days ago. Um, it's like, sure, it's funny. You know, Anna's wearing a fucking dinner napkin. Um, <laughs> they're dead set on taking their photos uh, near a bathroom. You know, it's like, yes, the snark of it is fun. But when you really, like, let it settle in, ultimately, to me, it's like, it's really sad. It is. Why am I going to get fucking emotional? So I think we're going to have another crying episode, full blown. We're going to call um, it Whitney's Worked Up and Whitney's Wine Down. Right? Because um, last, like, I don't know, like last week's episode, like, hit me really hard. Like, hard, really hard. More, more than I expected. Because I know I sound like a broken fucking record at this point. But again, just like seeing it all spelled out on paper in a how-to guide form mm-hmm. for a woman just made it all so much more real mm-hmm. than just being like oh well we know they're kind of taught that but like no no no, like they're literally literally taught that you know what i mean like yeah. again what we were saying it's not just picking up on things it's not cultural mm-hmm. it's not learned behavior it is Correct. written down yeah and to me it changes it i don't know if it does for other people but for me it did mm-hmm. and when i think of all that and then I watch this, like, 20-year-old girl in this episode. I'm just sad. Mm-hmm. God, sorry, guys. I can't even, like, and then I get cry voice. It's the worst. Um. So, like, there are people on Reddit, for sure, oh, my God, that if you show even, like, an, a tiny ounce of empathy for Anna, they will fucking slaughter they you. They jump all no, over they you. No, yeah. they fucking slaughter you. It's, like, automatically that makes you some sort of, like, apologist mm-hmm. for everything. And, like, to me, that's not the case at all. Mm-mm. Like, I think it's just more, a lot more complex than than that. And, like, people are so often just, like, so dead set on making it into this super black and white thing. And it's not. Yeah. Like, it's so much deeper than that. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, the feelings can coexist. You mm-hmm. can have empathy for and like I'm just gonna make it specific to this just for the sake of what we're talking about. You can feel empathy for Anna and not agree with how she's carrying herself now. Mm-hmm. Like and for me particularly, my feelings for twenty year old Anna versus thirty four year old Anna 
they are different. Mm-hmm. Now, if people would, would probably jump on me anymore if I still say I have a little bit of empathy for a 34-year-old Anna, but mm-hmm. most of my empathy is for that 20-year-old girl. Because she had no idea. 34-year-old Anna has more life experience. She's had examples set before her. She has things to, kids to think of and protect. Mm-hmm. But the 20-year-old girl is doing literally exactly what she's been taught her entire life. Mm-hmm. Her dad approved of this courtship. So it must be the right thing. He's her headship. Yeah. Why would she question anything? Mm-hmm. Like, at all. So, you know, she was never taught to think for herself. Quite, you know, opposite. She was actually actively taught against thinking of things. You didn't express your feelings. You didn't think about things. And it's just really see- sad to see this, like, naive, sheltered, 20-year-old girl essentially being led to slaughter. Like, mm-hmm. knowing what we know is ahead of her, I just, it's sad to watch, like, she has no fucking clue, mm-hmm. like, what she's in for. And I just remember you saying after the engagement, how, after we watched that episode, I remember you saying that you found yourself thinking about Anna as you were driving home, because this family has taken over our brains way more than, <laughs> apparently, <laughs> way more than it should. But I just don't know how you can watch this unfold and not be sad and feel like even at least some empathy for Anna, you mm-hmm. know? And that doesn't mean at all that you agree with them or their decisions. It's just it's just like a human base level of like, fuck, she's this is what this girl is in for. And I just feel like last week's episode like I feel like it made me understand Anna more and Michelle even less. Mm-hmm. Because with Anna, you know, she grew up in this. It's literally all she knows. Yeah. But then we have Michelle who chose this after having lived a and experienced a quote, like, you know, normal life. So it's just even more wild to me to think of like Michelle, like being like thinking this is okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's one thing when you, it's all you know, and that's all you've been surrounded with in this little Correct. bubble. And then when you've had this other outside experience, it's just crazy. In general, though, I just feel like last week's episode just, like, really highlighted for me just how, like, indoctrinated they are Mm -hmm. and, like, brainwashed all of it is. And, like, super systematically at that. Like I kind of said before, like, I could literally see her being handed this, being like, here's your guide to being a wife. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. And then I think that the people that equate empathy to being an apologist just... They just really seem to lack the ability of, you know, I don't know. They're just like overlooking the depth, I think, of all this. Right. Like, like how scared you have to be, how it really takes a lot for, for someone to break away Mm -hmm. and like, it's hard and how many will stay even with doubts because of how hard it is to completely... You know, to be able to even come to terms with the fact that it'll completely shatter your life as you know it. Right. Like, the relationships around you. So, that's kind of, mm-hmm. like, you know how I said, like, if um, in, like, our Q&A episode, I feel like I kind of think that Joy sees it, mm-hmm. but won't completely. I yeah. think she's that type that's that will be happy to kind of walk the line. Mm-hmm. Internally, not be fully on board, but but play, you know, play right. the part to an extent. Because it is a lot. It's completely 
changes everything about, mm-hmm. you know, your entire life. So it's like, again, though, Anna versus like a Duggar. Luckily, she does have those examples that we talked about in her like family episode. Deep yeah, dive. the ones that have gone out. Yeah, she has these examples of successfully, successfully leaving and still being a part of the family, which I do think is a different experience for her versus a Duggar. Right. Jim Bob seems way more cutthroat. But um, just seeing like these little these little tiny things of how we see these these new generations kind of redefining it for themselves um starting to wear pants like they all kind of wear pants now like Mm -hmm. it was like you know jill and ginger was like the first and then it was jill and like jill got her nose pierced but jill's not a part of it so it's like of course she's a rebel and then ginger Mm -hmm. moved away but then now to even see people like Jana who are still living under jim bob as her headship she's even wearing pants Mm -hmm. so as you see these generations now kind of redefining things in small tiny ways this doesn't undo the bigotry and the bullshit that they that's the really harmful shit you know at a really deep level yeah but it's like i don't know i'm just really i hope that someday anna can find in her something to like explore more you know Mm -hmm. well there's like two thoughts was you know we we opened the very, very first deep dive talking about how egregiously mishandled this whole Josh situation was from the very beginning. Yes. And it was just it was a it was a comedy of errors in the way that they approached this very serious situation. So I think for me the idea that Yes, you feel bad for Anna because you know what it turns into now. But there's no way you could have seen that. So at the time, 20-year-old Anna was just like, this is the next logical step of my life. Yeah. And... The happiest day of her life. <laughs> right. And if if the situation with Josh had been handled more appropriately or more effectively... That wedding never would have happened. And, you know, we'll talk about it going forward about what supposedly was known at the time of the wedding and not. That's a mm-hmm. totally different topic for another time. Yeah. But even then, everything is so glossed over. Yeah. Everything was just like it was handled. Mm-hmm. What, you know, there, there's just like, oh, they repented to God and my dad says it's okay and blah, 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 blah. And we move on. Like. Yeah. I don't know. I just. Back to what I was saying before. I, you know, if that makes me a fucking Anna apologist, fine, I guess, whatever. But I just, to me, it's two different things. Yeah. You, I feel like you can just separate those two things and they and they can co- coexist. Yeah. And, and you can feel bad about the circumstances, but then still be, still have the understanding that she's made shitty decisions herself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because just because you feel bad because of her circumstances doesn't mean that she's a... She's just a victim. Yep, exactly. And, you know, again, just reiterating what I said before, I just think that so many people kind of underestimate how deep it is. But sometimes I want them, like, I'm like, these are the type of people that maybe need to read through everything from, like, last week. Right. Because I feel like that really makes you go, like, oh, shit, yeah, this shit's deep. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure we haven't even, you know, scratched the surface of how bad it is. 
but you know it's like i it's kind of it's coming it's getting more serious as time goes on like you know i thought the courtship was like ridiculous and i was like Mm -hmm. oh my god and the dad chooses but you're like it just gets worse right the deeper into it you get like it only gets worse well i think it's because you're you're doing so much research on the backside, and then now you're looking at this show through that lens Yeah. yeah it changes everything and again, back to the Michelle thing, it's like I said, I I understand Anna more and Michelle less. It's like, I don't know how you could go be from something outside where it doesn't sound like she had this terrible, I kind of understand a lot more when you hear people that had really traumatic, dysfunctional, crazy childhoods and then they go, they seek out mm-hmm. religions for structure and community and like whatever. That's why you see it in jail and yes. in rehab. Yes. Yeah. You understand that more. Whether you agree with it or not, you understand where they're coming from, a place of need and Correct. structure. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it doesn't sound like Michelle, like, had that. Like, no. So, I, I, I'm just, it just makes me want to understand more. Like, I, I don't understand her. Like, what mm-hmm. what was attractive about this? And I think you fully believe it now, but in the, did you, have you always bought it? Like, right. it's just such an interesting thing. Because you end up... Um, at least in my experience, in a lot of religions, converts end up being the more like gung ho mm-hmm. because it's like, and I feel like that's it with like Jim, Bob and Michelle or like these people mm-hmm. that just in general, like when they join these cults, they kind of end up being crazy more into it than some of the people that grew up in it. Because they feel like they have to. Yeah. You see it in a lot of um, like immig- children of immigrants. You see a lot of like, you're not. And obviously, I was born here, so at the end of the day, I'm American. Yeah. But within Mexican culture, I'm not Mexican enough to be Mexican. And in a swath of other people, I'm also not exactly American enough to be American. Just like Selena's dad says. <laughs> yeah. And it's true. Like, it hits it on the head. Yeah. You're seeing it, and you're starting to see those stories come out in different kinds of popular media. You know, Miss Marvel on Disney Plus is a good example. She's a, a child of like Pakistani parents or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and she talks about that. Like, I can't find a place. I just watched the best movie of my life, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the main conflicts in the movie was being a child of an older generation that came from a different place and trying to consolidate the fact that you can't reach them on a whole lot of levels. Well, because I think what you're getting at is that a lot of like, so like there's like this era of like immigrants where it's like, <clears throat> nope, they want you to almost, they're like, no, you're American now. And they almost like want you, like they dive so deep into like mm-hmm. trying to define themselves as that. Yeah. And I feel like that's the same as like coming into a cult is what you're saying, right? Where mm-hmm. you're like, this is me now. This is what I have to do. This is what it is. So you like overcompensate right. mm-hmm. and you dive in like even deeper because mm-hmm. you're like, nope, this is what we're doing now. Yeah. You and- see it in Mrs. Mazel too. Uh, her brother's wife that converted converted to Judaism Judaism, and she's like way over the top and even Maisel's like honey you need to but all of them are like okay it's like (laughs) you know like whatever but I do think that's what's happening and I can't remember exactly where I read it but it was like something along the lines of usually um, 
extreme like cults or extreme religions and things they usually kind of die out around the third generation which i'm kind of curious to see if that's the mm. case okay. going forward with the duggars but to me it does make sense mm-hmm. there's that one that came in gung-ho the jim bob and michelle mm-hmm. and we're gonna hit it hard because this is what we chose so we right. have to fully commit and it's like i feel like when you've grown up in it sometimes you're just more like well this is what we do and you're a little yeah. bit more like loosey-goosey a little mm-hmm. bit more flexible because it's what you've always known right and then i think that the loosey-goosey er have their kids and then mm-hmm. it just kind of like loses Peters steam out. you know yeah it fizzles yeah. out as time goes the fascinating part is from what you've said about um early days of jim bob and michelle was that they were just trying to figure it out yeah like it wasn't like they got married it wasn't like she got married to jim bob and it was like nope this is how we do it now yeah or it wasn't even like it she met later. him and she was like Oh, okay. I'm going into this really hardcore thing. They kind of just fell into this hardcore thing. Yeah. So it's just wild. But anyways, this was just my long-winded way of saying that I could not watch this and not yeah. not feel something for mm-hmm. Anna. Like, it's sad. Yeah. It's it's a rough watch knowing what what's gone on. And after last episode, I was like, "Whew! This hits a little different. It really does." So. Anyways, that's it for me. Anything from you? Nope. Okay. So this is probably a long, another long one, but it's a good thing we didn't do a deep dive. We'd be here for <laughs> till fucking tomorrow. Tim would... I would have to be checking in already. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so like usual, you can follow us over on our Instagram, which is digging up the Duggars pod, weekly visuals, lots of interactive stuff. Like last week, we did like a fun Sunday scaries, lots of like polls and this or that it's like it, it's fun and then, uh, so we do things like that so if you follow us you'll kind of see some other things along the way and then of course as always we have our email which is digging up the duggers at gmail mm-hmm. have another round of them that i need to read to tim before he takes off tonight but um yeah so that's the that's the huge tim finally got to see the wedding episode <laughs> is it everything you wanted it to be it was yeah definitely wasn't a disappointer did i play it up too much i was worried about playing things up too much you know what i mean no i the only thing that um you seem to be disappointed in was uh watching the bates girl play piano oh yeah i put on there that i felt like she was trying to get her big break knowing that she was playing piano on tv because she was like intense well and i told him i'm like oh i didn't even write it down because this is nothing compared to the way she plays piano at jill's wedding so i was like just you oh side note the bates girls were still in prairie dresses did you notice they were um still like a lime green and pink like aaron was wearing that one Mm -hmm. time but muted this time with a floral pattern Mm -hmm. so they had quite the quite the choice of look those bates girls even in 2000 oh this was still 2008 when it was filmed but um yeah not quite the choice yeah yeah anyways So I guess we'll sign off for now. We'll see you guys next week.